Member Maker is brought to you by MemberSpace, which easily turns any part of your existing website into members only with just a few clicks. You simply lock access to any page of your site and then choose what people pay to get in. You have 100% control over look and feel since everything occurs on your website. MemberSpace is designed for non-technical people and has an amazing support team to help you. We'll even migrate your membership for free to any popular CMS such as WordPress, Squarespace, Webflow, Wix, and more without any interruption to your members. Learn more at memberspace.com. Welcome to MemberMaker, a podcast about how to build a sustainable membership business. I'm your host, Ward Sandler, the co-founder of MemberSpace. Today, I'll be chatting with Mitch Bowler, founder of Pencil Kings, to discuss why he started his membership site, how his community forum is helping members get results, and the trials and errors of figuring out how to provide value to his members. Hey, Mitch, welcome to MemberMaker. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So what is your business and who do you help? So my business is pencilkings.com and I help artists. We've got a giant library of courses that they can get into and a helpful community with a staffed community manager. So when you need feedback or direction, you know, get pointed in the right direction, we've always got people's back and uh, it's, it's a great place for people to come and grow their artistic skills. Very cool. So uh, when you say grow their artistic skills, give me like a quick example of that in terms of the courses that you're offering or the community side of it. Sure. So what we did was we went and hired. So I w- I'm a former professional video game artist myself. So I've got a lot of experience working in AAA video game studios as a technical art director. But what I did with Pencil Kings was that I went out and found experts in various fields, comic books, digital painting. Uh, we've used, even got some traditional courses with like watercolor and oil painting and then got those people to videotape their workflows and then explain how it works. And so we put that behind the paywall and inside our membership. And so when people sign up, they can see and kind of like look over the shoulder of a professional artist and, and understand how they work. Ah, that's very cool. So you really get to see the nuances of what they're doing. Are the videos really long? It depends, artist to artist. I think the longest series is about nine and a half hours, but generally we try to keep them fairly short just to respect the time of the artist that we're working with because we wanted to really have a win-win situation when we're creating content. So we try to keep them about an hour long so that it's easy to get through and it contains a lot of information in that 60-minute package. Cool. And for the community side of things, what is that? Is that like a forum of some kind? Yeah, we we've tried various forum softwares and the you know the software landscape is always changing over time but we've settled on Discourse is the platform that we use now. So just like similar forum software that you would expect to have and, and people can post their images there and it's easy for us to manage and maintain uh, and it's a way for the students to kind of interact with each other and then we have different challenges that we run every month and different kinds of community events. We give prizes to members for participating. And so it's a place where we really try to get people to the big thing that we try to do is get people to have fun and to take action because that's really where anything happens, right? When you're just sitting on the sidelines and you're kind of unsure of what to do, nothing happens. So you got to take some kind of action. So we're always trying to push and figure out how we can nudge people in the right direction. Yeah. I think that's a a smart initiative and like goal. So how did you actually find this, this business niche of yours? Well, it, it started back in 2006. So I think it it was pretty early days for the internet. I think the iPhone came out in 2007, just as kind of like a frame of reference. And so in 2006, I was working, building a video game studio and had this idea of like, well, how do I make money in my sleep? And um, 
or how do people make money in their sleep? And that's when I found this website called SightSell. And SightSell, they still exist. It's a Canadian company. And what it does is it helps early stage business owners who want to operate online. And it teaches them everything like A to Z, keyword research, finding your niche and traffic generation. And so they had these different modules and they were going through and and explaining, you know, like, do some keyword research, look if there's a good opportunity in this niche. And I liked art. I've always liked art. I've always identified as an artist. And so I, I just thought, oh, well, let's look up some of these drawing keywords. And there was like enormous amounts of traffic in the drawing niche, which sounds awesome, right? It's like, oh, there's all these people there, but it's not necessarily the most profitable niche. I've tried many different websites now, and uh, I can definitely say that drawing is not, it's, it's not where you're going to make the most money, but it, it was a great place for me to start. It was fun. I let go of my inner critic and just said, it's not about being the best artist, or if you're in some other niche, it's not about being the best doctor or whatever it is. It's about building an internet business. That's what you're actually doing. And so put the emphasis on that and learning and being better at that process. So that's kind of like the the short story of how I ended up picking uh, drawing. And I think, I think the original seed keyword was like how to draw. And that was kind of just like open my eyes to like how much traffic was out there. Wow. Okay. So yeah, you really did this in a very analytical kind of way where it's like, all right, here's a passion I like okay, let me take a course to figure out how to find keywords and to create a business model. Like it was very technical in a sense, whereas it wasn't just like some random passion project where you threw up a website and hope people would come and find you. Yeah, definitely not. I verified. I mean, like I've been drawing since I was four or five years old, uh, fairly consistently. So it, it was a natural fit in that way, but I definitely did the keyword research to verify and just say like, is there something here? I know I've, I've seen other people have ideas for, for kind of, you know, going that random path. I forget somebody was like, I believe they had a website about raising squirrels and you could probably make a go of that. But I mean, obviously the traffic is going to be far less than, than something else. And so it's, it's just a great gut check and it's so easy to do the keyword research or relatively easy once you know how to do it, that you can verify or, or check niche to niche and just like, Oh, there, I, I like this. I want to spend time on it because I think that's the big thing. If you're not willing to spend time on it, it's not really going to go anywhere, but you can always check the numbers. Yeah. I mean, uh, raising squirrels definitely qualifies as random. So yeah, good example <laughs> there. So what were you actually offering? So you you did some research, you figured out some keywords, looks like you, you got a site set up relatively quickly, but what were you actually offering that people could purchase from you when you, when you launched? So when I launched, it was a different site. So I'm on my third art business now, but the original business was called drawingcoach.com. And you can go and and check it out if you're listening. And when you go to the website, you'll see, wow, this isn't mobile responsive. Wow, this is very 2006. And it's like, yeah, because I set it up and I basically didn't touch it. That business was solely supported by advertising. So it got enough traffic that it made a, a significant amount of money just from advertising. Now that whole landscape has changed. I wouldn't recommend anybody follow that path to, to go down the advertising route as like your main vehicle. But what I learned in doing that was like, okay, I need something better than this because what happened was one day Google rolled out their Panda update and their Penguin updates and their Zebra updates or whatever they've got. Uh, but basically these algorithm updates. And if you're on the wrong side of the algorithm, it doesn't matter what it is. Like I see it happening in YouTube now where people are just on the wrong side of, of things. And it's not necessarily that they're doing anything wrong, but the algorithm changes, the landscape changes, and it doesn't change slowly. It literally, you go to bed one night, everything is great. You wake up the next morning, your whole house is on fire because, hey, Google just slashed 70% of your traffic. What are you going to do when you have an advertising supported business? And so what I learned doing that, this was just a side hustle for me, the, the original 
drawingcoach.com business. So what I did was like, man, this is brutal that that the algorithm can change so quickly. It, and my business was, if you think of a table with one leg and then somebody comes off and just kicks out that leg, the table is done. So I, I looked at it and it's like, well, what can I do that would create a more stable business model? And that's where Pencil Kings came out of. And that like that's where I now have a membership site, right? So you have recurring revenue, which is a lot more stable than the advertising revenue. Now there's still pitfalls with with what I'm doing now, but I did a lot of things smarter. I, I did the, the SEO research again, but this time I built a mailing list. You know, I, I focused more on the mailing list. So now I had another asset. So now I've got a table with basically two legs. One of the other things that I did was I started a podcast. And so now the table has three legs. And you know, there's so you can just keep adding more foundation to your business so that it becomes more resilient. So if one of those legs gets kicked out, it's not the end of the business. It's just like a bad day. Yeah, I think that's a really smart lesson and easy to say, hard to implement kind of thing. But I think it's a good thing to be thinking about all the time to like, you know, how can I hedge so that if if traffic were to decrease by 50%, it wouldn't kill the entire business like it would if you were doing an advertising uh, model. Yeah. So, all right. So now with PencilKings.com, what are you offering were you always offering the course and community side of it from the from the jump or did it, did it evolve into that it's it's always been a membership with the course library then then the community came out of that and then we started doing challenges and so we're always trying different things and i i found that I don't know if I'm actually a leader or if I'm like subconsciously copying other people, but it seems like we're always trying new things and and trying out and and sort of leaders in the space. Uh, We might not have the biggest website, but I find that we're often the first to implement different things. And so we're always trying different ways because of, you know, information gets, gets shared, what was new becomes old and people are always looking for new, better ways of doing things. And so one of the things that I've realized and that has come out of what I was doing with Pencil Kings is that there was a real challenge with the marketplace that, you know, I started Pencil Kings and YouTube wasn't that big, but then YouTube came. And so if you go to YouTube and type in how to draw, there's like an ocean of tutorials. So it's like, well, how do we differentiate? What's the real problem happening here? And what I started to see was that there was a distinct lack of results and lack of clarity that people had while they were doing these tutorials. And so like my prediction and the next wave of what's going to come with online education is mentorship because, and and it's already happening all over the place, but the problem with mentorship, because it's not a new model, right? We've been doing mentorship forever. You, You want to learn guitar and you go and hire a guitar teacher. The challenge that we have now is like, how do we do it scalably? How do we leverage ourselves so that we can still give someone the one-on-one experience, but do it to a hundred people at the same time. And videos is one way, but it doesn't really cut it. And art is like a perfect example because there's certain educational disciplines like programming where you can go in and validate your programming code on a browser window. And that's great. You know, it's kind of like having a tutor sitting beside you. You can self-validate, but with art, it's different. And so it's a, it's a really unique space. And so we've just continued to evolve things, but it definitely started just with the, you know, hiring these professionals, videotaping their courses, putting them behind a paywall, and then just seeing what the market wanted. Right. And what are you charging these days for your membership? We now charge $29.95 a month for the course library. And uh, we've got a different pricing tier if people just want the community. And we're kind of going through, I guess, a reorganization of, of what we're offering because what we would like to do, I've seen prices started start to rise. And what we would actually like to do is start to lower our prices so it becomes more accessible for more people. We can help more people, but just be smart about what we're offering and how much time it takes to actually fulfill that stuff. So we're not afraid to 
go in and put in the work. Like we don't want just a set it and forget it business. We're trying to help and change people's lives and, and just figure out how do we actually do that. So what are you charging for just the community side for the business? Community side now is I think it's fourteen ninety five per month or ninety nine ninety five per year. Okay. And do you offer an annual price for the course membership as well? Yeah, we have a so it's just under thirty dollars a month or two hundred and ninety nine ninety five per year. Gotcha. And I guess I'm curious, why did you separate out the course and the community into two separate memberships? Or do you also offer one membership that includes both? Yeah. If you, if you buy the course library, you get the community together with that. But what we started to find is that some people are fine without the course library and they just want the community aspect because it's a little bit different. And there's, like I was saying before, there's lots of free content online, but there's not a lot of private communities that are staffed with knowledgeable people that want to help you out. So that's why we separated the two out. And was that based on feedback from people? Like at first, was it course and community and that was it? And then you took out community into its own separate membership or did like, how did that, that come about? It was looking at how people are using things, getting feedback from the actual members inside the community. And then also just looking at the analytical data, like what does analytics tell us? And sometimes it's really difficult to get the information there. But one of the things we realized is that like with lower price points, you attract more people. That's not really a a shocker there, right? But what was surprising is like certain people are only wanting certain courses. Like we are really good at, at building out a giant course library. But as somebody who's trying to learn, do you need over 100 courses? It's like, no, you need the, the right course at the right time. How do you get that? It's like, well, having somebody who's understands and is interested in your journey tell you what course to do next is the way to do that. And that happens inside the community. So it just came about from looking like we always try to have our finger on the pulse of what's going on, who we're trying to serve and um, how they're using the product that we've created. Right. So what have you done so far that hasn't really worked well for you in terms of marketing or business model strategy or anything like that? There's like an endless list of this stuff, but I think one of the things that we that we've done that's been really a real challenge. And, I, and I'll just throw this out here because I, I feel like a lot of people are in the same kind of boat is that when you don't know what to do, like you're trying to grow, like often once we figure out how, what we're offering to people, then we're trying to grow our business. And so you get into this place where you don't know what the next move is, or you try something and it doesn't work. And instead of just saying like, okay, well, that was only one way to try to get this to work. I'm going to try another way. What we immediately jump to is we go back and, and we create a new product or we maybe create a new business or we go back to the beginning in some way. And the same thing happens. And we see this happening with the art students is that you are comfortable with the starting process of your business, but you might not be comfortable with a certain step along the way, right? Whatever your goal is, there might be, if you were to break it into 10 different steps, there might be one of those 10 steps that's scary and that you've never maybe done before. Like if you're attracting one new member to your membership site per week and and you want to go to one per day or something, like maybe you've never done that. Or if you're getting one per day, maybe you want to do 10 per day and you've never been able to do that. But so I think the big mistake and the, the big thing that's that's held me back and, and that I would like to encourage other people if they find themselves in a similar situation is to be okay and be comfortable sitting in that space where you might not know what the next step is, but definitely don't go back to the beginning. Like just be okay to stay there, be uncomfortable. And then by staying in that space, you get more comfortable being uncomfortable. And then 
you start to see new ways that you can move forward. But if you were to go back to the beginning, like I've done so many times, so right, like I have three different businesses. Part of that is because I had not learned this lesson. And when you go back to the beginning, it's comfortable. You can build something new again. You know what you're doing, but then you're going to get to that step where you don't know what to do. And the the cycle is just going to repeat and uh, you can be stuck there for a long time. And so I think this is the big thing that I had done in the past that I wish somebody would have said, hey, you're kind of in this place where you're really scared and you don't know what the next step is, but you're in exactly the right place. Like this is where you should be. You just need to get some help and you just need to be okay with being in this scary place because once you move forward, that's where like the amazing thing has happened. Yeah. I think it's a balance between, you know, when you're trying a new initiative or trying out a new business model or a new product that you're launching and things don't go how you hoped initially to not just give up right away and be like, oh, this doesn't work. And then start over, like you said, because that that could lead to a waste of time, lead to distraction, et cetera. But then there's also the point where it's like, you don't want to be stubborn and keep trying something that's not working. So there's no absolute rule here. It's more, but it's kind of figuring out what that balance is for you, right? Don't waste too much time on something that's not working, but also don't give up too early. So do you have any advice maybe for how people can kind of differentiate between those two, if that makes sense? Yeah, that's that. That's a great distinction there, and I think part of it, and I didn't do this until recently, but is is having a a business coach or someone who has done it before, and so I talk with a lot of different entrepreneurs, and and but I didn't have somebody who has really could see me more on the like week to week basis what I was doing and help me to keep track of things. So I think that person who has helped other people through the challenge that you're having right now that this is who you're the type of person that you're looking for and they have a system for doing it and that they're like actually willing to help you on an ongoing basis. These are kind of like the three criteria of the person that you're looking for. And then when to know, like, should I give up on this or not? Because I've, I've, I have also hired coaches and whatnot that, that didn't seem to work out. So at the end of the day, it's like your responsibility, you're responsible for yourself and you have to, I mean, this is unfortunately part of the journey that not everything will be able to be spoon fed to you or handed to you that sometimes you just have to make your own decision. And sometimes you make the wrong decision and that's okay. But by making that wrong decision, you might have a giant mess on your hands, but by getting the experience of like mitigating that mess that you have and learning that actually makes you stronger. So on the other side of that, you're a stronger person, a better business owner. And so even the wrong decision, like it's not necessarily the end of the world. I've made some giant mistakes that cost me tens of thousands of dollars before, but you know, at the end of the day, I'm extremely happy to be where I am right now. And I had to have all those experiences kind of like stack up the good and the bad to get where I am today. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. So uh, do you have any resource recommendations for folks who are building membership businesses of their own? Yeah. So the first one, and I hear more and more people talking about this all the time. There's a book called Traction by Gino Wickman. There's two different traction books. One's about growing your business, which is good. Uh, But the other one is about how to run your business. And E-Myth, you know, gets recommended a lot. And then I think Traction is kind of like a, for me, made a lot more sense uh, on how to run my business. So once you start having a team and you're not sure how to run meetings and you're not sure how to do quarterly planning and all this stuff sounds horribly boring and and it did to me too, but you'll get to a point where this stuff actually becomes exciting and and this is going to make your business run a lot more smoothly. So Traction by Gino Wickman. And then I also recommend after reading that, it's a book also by Gino Wickman called Get a Grip, which is more of the story of a fictional business implementing that. And to me, it made a lot more sense once I read 
the two books together. So that's one resource. And then the other resource is Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. And Profit First, I think in our membership businesses, it's super easy to go down this road where all of a sudden you've got all these monthly recurring subscriptions happening to run your business. You know, you've got at minimum your membership software and your hosting and your newsletter, your autoresponder, right? So, but you know, we, we follow these marketing lists and we get all this stuff. And so Profit First really helped me a lot to, I used it in, in one year, 16 times my profitability. And so I can't speak highly enough of this book. And I always thought, you know, I'm an artist, I'm not a numbers person, but Profit First together with a bookkeeper who's willing to help walk you through the process of implementing that book, it was it made like such a huge difference in my financial life. And so if anybody else is struggling and feels like you're not sure how you're going to get the money to come in, these two resources will be a game changer for you. And I, and I hope they make as big of an impact for you as they did for me. Excellent. And how uh, can listeners learn more about you, Mitch, and your business? Sure. So pencilkings.com is the business that we are talking about today. And then Evolve Artist is the new business that I have starting up. And it's kind of like the the successor to Pencil Kings where I realized the big market problem that was happening with Pencil Kings. And now we have a, a box service where we send physical art supplies to people in their home. And what we're trying to do is create a results-based art curriculum, which I, to my knowledge, has never been done before. So you can get you know, college level education in the comfort of your own home for a fraction of the cost. Excellent. Well, thanks for the time, Mitch. Yeah, appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. There's a direct link in the show notes. We really appreciate it. Member Maker is brought to you by MemberSpace, which easily turns any part of your existing website into members only with just a few clicks. You simply lock access to any page of your site and then choose what people pay to get in. You have 100% control over look and feel since everything occurs on your website. MemberSpace is designed for non-technical people and has an amazing support team to help you. We'll even migrate your membership for free to any popular CMS such as WordPress, Squarespace, Webflow, Wix, and more without any interruption to your members. Learn more at memberspace.com.